Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It is Monday, April 11th, 5.55 a.m. Central Time as I speak here. July corn futures up four and three quarters at 765 and a half. December corn up five and a half at 721 and a half. Fresh contract highs in old crop and new crop corn. July soybeans down five and a quarter at 1662 and three quarters. November beans down four and a quarter at 1491 and a quarter. July Chicago wheat up 16 and a half cents at 1074 and three quarters. July Kansas City wheat up 15 and a quarter at 1125 and a quarter. July spring wheat is up 10 and three quarters at 1137 and a half. If you guys are listening on the podcast, appreciate it, guys. Leave me a rating. Leave me a review if you have not already. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like these videos, leave me a comment. If you need some additional assistance from me, guys, go to my website. It is www.standardgrain.com. Check out my premium subscription service. I send a ton of information out to my subscribers every single business day. Uh, My morning email has been going out before 6 a.m. Central. That includes every overnight headline you need to be aware of, graphics, weather maps, all my grain marketing recommendations. My subscriber-only videos go out every single day. On report day, uh, on Friday, uh, my video covered the report, obviously. This stuff's very timely on report day. I usually have the videos out within 20 minutes of the release, and I have text message updates out, I believe, within two minutes of the release. So if you guys are interested in this sort of content, give that premium deal a shot. It's 50 bucks a month. Cancel it at any time. No other fee, no other obligation, nothing like that. Friday's USDA report really did not provide any major surprises. So first off, you've got to remember that this is this is an old crop report. Uh, we don't get our first look at USDA's new crop balance sheets until next month, and that will be extremely interesting. But uh, in regard to this report, USDA left their old crop U.S. corn carryout estimate unchanged. They just shuffled some demand around. The soybean uh, carryout estimate for this year declined a little bit due to a higher export projection. In wheat, uh, it's interesting. They actually reduced their export projection and their de- uh, projection for feed demand. So, you know, you would think with this situation in the Black Sea, oh, we're exporting more wheat, right? We are not. Uh, prices are very high, and we just haven't we haven't seen this thing settle down yet to the point where global buyers are interested in buying this really high priced wheat. That's something that may be coming. In regard to the world numbers, uh, USDA made some adjustments. They reduced their Brazilian soybean production number. They increased their Brazilian corn production number. They did not touch the Argentina crops. Uh, shuffled around the Ukraine uh, wheat export projection. They actually increased Russia's wheat export projection. So I think that next month in May. On May 12th, that's when we get our first look at the new crop balance sheets for these crops. USDA has a very, very tall task in front of them uh, when they attempt to predict how this new crop situation will shape out, especially in regard to the Black Sea situation. I mean, the initial new crop balance sheet is always very tricky. They're trying to project uh, U.S. yields. They're trying to project demand, um, all sorts of things. But I think this year in particular will be very interesting. The conflict in Ukraine continues. Russian troops have kind of focused their attention on the eastern part of the country. They also continue to attempt to establish control over the key port city of Mariupol. Reuters reporting this morning that about a quarter of the country's 44 million people have been forced from their homes. Thousands have been killed or injured. Austria's leaders will meet with Putin today, apparently, and this would be the first face-to-face meeting between Putin and anybody from the EU since the invasion happened on February 24th. So again, a lot of talking, and there's been talking every week, but hasn't really been much progress. 
U.S. Southern Plains will be mostly dry for another seven days. You look at Texas, uh, Oklahoma, Kansas, uh, the eastern half of Colorado, Nebraska, really not much here at all in terms of rainfall. And that winter wheat crop, that HRW crop in the Southern Plains is really not in good shape. Uh, the crop ratings were not good last week. We'll see another set of crop ratings this afternoon. Uh, most of the Corn Belt will see some rain here the next seven days. Um, North Dakota in particular is going to be wet. And then you've got southern Illinois, the southern half of Indiana, down into Kentucky, Tennessee will be very wet. You're going to see some really cold temperatures up in the northern plains and western Canada. Overnight lows in that like 10 to 15 degree range, if not even lower than that. And that's going to last for another week or so. They'll see a warm-up uh, here this weekend. Uh, most of the Corn Belt is going to be mo more close to normal in terms of temperatures here over the next week. Large money managers continue to hold very hefty net long positions in the corn market and the soybean market, more of a modest net long position in the SRW wheat market. Uh, CFTC had its weekly commitment of traders report out on Friday. These uh, This net long position in the corn market has almost been like static. They just they, they went down to almost a, a net long of, I think, 200,000 contracts at one point um, late last year, but, but they have not been short the corn market since late 2020. Same thing with soybeans. In SRW wheat, uh, this fund position is not as large as you would think that it might be given the prices, but uh, funds still net long, but I would call a modest amount of SRW wheat. Interest rates continue to rise. We had the highest trade or uh, print in the yield on the U.S. 10-year treasury uh, this morning since January of 2019, 2.78%. Uh, remember that thing bottomed at like half a percentage point during the uh, uh, COVID panic in spring of 2020. So interest rates continue to rise. And you've also got this flat or even inverted uh, yield curve. So rates on the five-year treasury, for example, are higher than rates on the 10-year treasury. That's a factor that is uh, sometimes a precursor to a recession or slowing economic activity. Economists say it's you know a red flag. I don't know necessarily that it means that for sure. It's not a guarantee by any means. Uh, but you know this is is the cost of money is increasing. We've seen mortgage rates spike. Uh, if you're borrowing money for any reason, whether it's operating money or anything like that, I mean, all of these, uh, any any sort of borrowing cost has increased. Uh, we're betting on the Fed uh, with several more rate hikes, a balance sheet unwind, all of that stuff. So interest rates continue to rise. Crude oil futures have declined. Your nearby June 22 WTI contract trades about 95 bucks this morning. It peaked near 121 in early March. That contract traded as low as 93.20 last week. I think you've got three driving factors behind the weakness here as of late. Uh, number one, and these are in no particular order, but COVID in China is worsening. Cases continue to grow in Shanghai. The city's essentially locked down. So there is concern regarding uh, gasoline demand, crude demand in China. Uh, secondly, the U.S. and other uh, international energy agency members uh, will re will release some strategic reserves, adding some uh, fuel to the pipeline here. And then third, I think general economic concerns, uh, high gas prices, rising interest rates, that sort of stuff is a concern. The national average gas price fell to 412 per gallon this week, according to AAA. It peaked at 433, and that was an all-time high on March 11th. Um, guys, the grain markets, just a heads up, grain markets are closed on Friday in observance of the Good Friday holiday. So we do have a shortened holiday week this week. Uh, cattle market, we had some cash cattle trade 138 to 140, kind of just unchanged on the week last week. Uh, that feeder cattle, cattle index sitting around 155 and a half boxes were marginally lower on Friday. U.S. dollar index is a little bit higher and has been very strong, uh, sitting right around that $100 printer just below it. The S&P is down 14 points. The Dow's down 13. Bonds off a little bit. Gold's up 14 bucks. 
bucks. Silver up. Crude oil down three dollars and fifteen cents in that June WTI at ninety four fifty eight last trade. Everybody have a great day today. I'll talk to you guys same time tomorrow.